Dude, be, be, before you go, um, let's do a quick introduction. So, um, because <laughs> we just jumped right into it, man. The city of New York, Boricua from the Bronx. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to... I'm a horrible guest. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. This is perfect, man. It, it, it's so much better this way because the the conversation just just went right in. We didn't have, you know, it, it's harder if I have to go, hi, I'm Angel and this is so-and-so. Tell us about yourself. We didn't even, you know, we just went, we just went right into it, you know? Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Angel R Talk with the NotJustNYCTalking.com podcast. And we're doing this backwards. I'm, I'm having Danilo introduce himself way at the end, but I'll put this in the beginning if that makes any sense. Danilo, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, and also where people can find your classes and all that. Go ahead. Go for it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Angel. Yeah, we are friends, and that's why we did everything backwards. But um, yeah, thank you for having me. My name is Danilo, Danilo Silva. Um, you, uh, I, I believe you can find me in all social media platforms, Danilo Silva, uh, S-I-L-V-A. Uh, or Danilo Zumba NYC, you can always find me. I'm I'm the one there, Brazilian, <laughs> one based. And I uh, right now I only teach virtually because of the times and precedented times. But I also have some classes in the park. So hit me up whenever I get to do some social distancing classes in the park. Um, and I'm like I said, Brazilian, born and raised in Brazil, but living in New York City for almost 10 years. I, I live and breathe Zumba. Zumba is my main job and I love what I do. Uh, and because of Zumba that I met you, Angel, so I'm very um, grateful for all the network and people that we find in the fitness industry. Um, and yeah, excited to be here and, and it's a great talk as always. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, what's up, man? You like, you like my setup music? I love it. Yes, yes. It's 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 who who is the singer? Who is that? I'm gonna let me throw you on a uh, on regular speaker for the beginning, so Christine can hear you. She's over here oh, next man. to me. Hey, Curtis. <laughs> They're called the schoolboys. The schoolboys. Oh, nice. I I am really into um, Carol King now because I found a bachata song that um, I have been using my Zumba classes and it turns out the very original version of it it's from Carol King she wrote in 1961 for the Shirlene's what's the song called um, will you still love me tomorrow oh man of course uh, yeah and so leslie grace which is a dominican american dominican girl she sings a bachata version of it it's it's really cool i love the shirelles playing the song you didn't like it no. well this is like my least like it's the least favorite one of all their popular ones you know uh -huh. but i still like it they have um oh man, they have so many beautiful actually you know what yeah i think it's the least one because i like this one more See, I don't know, and, and, and the reason I got very interested in them is because of this song, yeah. but then when I realized it's from a very old girl band, I got even <laughs> more interested because I am obsessed with girl bands, you know, my, I'm obsessed with the British girl band called Little Mix, um, and I grew up on listening to Spice Girls, Destiny's Child, Danny Kane, TLC, you know, so I... I I, I have this passion for women. I just love, like, 
I'm a feminist. I, I like to learn and read what it means, what it is all about. Um, this week, especially, right? We lost our Justice Ruth. Yeah. No, our, our RGB. So, so, um, and it's all about women for me, you know? <laughs> so I was like, wait, wait, what about the girl bands from the 60s, from the 70s? Like, because after the Charlene's, the most famous one is the Supremes. And then Diana Ross came out of it. And, um, and then we have Donna Summer. And then we have so many other ones, like um, until to the contemporary ones, like Pussycat Dolls, uh, Fifth Harmony. You know, it's, it, it is really cool to see the whole evolution of girl bands and it always started there in the 60s now it's it's, it's um but i i must confess i don't know a lot of their music you know the the charlene well, i mean you you you're getting exposed to them you know so the name of the group that you're talking about they're called the shirelles the shirelles oh yeah. the shirelles are the ones who do what used to love me and and a couple of they're probably one of the biggest girl groups of that era um one of the biggest, most popular ones. Um, dude, I, I, when I was a kid, I always listened to all these to go to sleep. I, that's so interesting. See, I, I, I'm even saying the wrong one, the, the wrong pronunciation. So how do you spell the Shirelles? Um, S-H-I-R-E-L-L-E-S. The Charelle. So I see, I, I'm, I was saying the Charlene's. I'm crazy. Oh, That's yeah. pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I listened. I was listening just last night before going to bed. The, um, I think the other one was uh, Mama Sad. There'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. My mama said, Mama said, Mama said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I, I see. And, and it's, it's, all, it's all very interesting because being a woman in the music industry was so misogynist. Oh, no, what's so difficult, right? Because, and now we have like Cardi B talking about her <laughs> in Italia. <laughs> so it, it, we definitely, they definitely came a long way and they still have so much to conquer. So listening to women back then, like it, it just gives you a different perspective, a different um, appreciation, you know, because they, you know, they have you listen, to, you listen to a lot of those songs. Mm. And, and do that, listen to them, right? I've, like, like, keep going through. I've listened to songs that when I listen to the lyrics, it blows my mind. So, like, one of the songs says, you know, I know he's cheating on me, but I don't care. Like, you know, uh -huh. I still love my baby because he's always there. I'm <laughs> like, dude, you just said he's cheating on you. And yeah. you don't care, you know? Um, another song, The Best Friend Steals the Boyfriend. And she says, I'm going to get them back. So it's very, it's like, like I listen to them and I'm like, the women of today would never do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it also reflects the culture, mm -hmm. you know, the yeah. cultural shifts and everything. I mean, like, like you said, Cardi B, I got my wet ass pussy. <laughs> when, you know, like, like, you know. Can, so we, can we say the, 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 the P word in this podcast? We say whatever you want, man. When I post it, I post it with you know um, explicit content. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, with the with the parental parent par yeah. advisory seal. Yeah, yeah like be advised. I tried, I tried to keep it very clean, 
you know, and it just, it just, it was losing the nature of how some of us talk, myself included. So yeah. like when I'm talking with politicians, I'm not talking to them about pussy, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. you know, you know, I keep it, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll adjust accordingly, you know, yeah. but like, yeah, you know, we're talking about, about the cultural shifts in music and how historically, you know, women are like, well, I don't know if it's the Shirelles, but um, um, I have a whole bunch of songs of, of women who are basically saying, it doesn't matter what he does. He cheats on me. He loves her, but I'm still with him and I'm always going to be with him. Like that was the mindset, you yeah. know, of the music back then. And today it's completely, totally empowerment. True. Talking about, still, you know. We still, I, I was, I was watching yesterday because we still have a long way to go. And it's interesting to be having a conversation like this with two men. We are two Latin men. So we do have our privilege. We do have a different perspective and different experience. But the, just the fact that we are talking about this is a great, it's a great um, sign of the- We have a woman the, right next to us. Of the New York, yeah. <laughs> and Chris, and yeah. feminism is a very subjective thing because it's based on experience to experience. Like I was checking, um, like being a woman is different from being a black woman or an immigrant right. woman or a white being, woman. Being male, you know, you have light skin male, dark skin male, heavy yeah. male, gay, gay, gay male, all the different, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, I guess the top echelon would be the white cis head, right? That's the, you know, in terms of privilege. And then from there, it, it breaks and, down and stuff you know and and that's why it's so it's so difficult to have a conversation even like if it's just women because women have such a different unique view from what feminists should be that it's sometimes taboo even among them right like we have well nowadays we have lizzo right this which is a huge um pop icon in the music industry and she talks like oh if he doesn't love you anymore you walk your finance out the door and you know and that's very empowering but other women might say oh that's vulgar or that's not empowering at all so depends on where you come from i i'm very interesting because that's political right that's like when you talk to politicians or you talk to artists even when you don't like oh keep keep talking about music, you know, but your right. music reflects society and society is political. Everything's political. The way uh, a baker or the way the cashier t treats you, it's a political thing. You know, you are always being- Everything is intermingled in society for sure. Yeah, you're always being interacting uh, because of political things in society and society is changing finally, you know. Um, I saw an interview with the Avengers and the type of questions they were asking Chris Evans was totally different than the kind of questions they were asking uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, because she was like, it's funny, like he gets all the interesting questions and I get all the like rabbit food questions. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I might've seen that. Yeah. I and, feel like I might've seen that. Yeah, she's retaliating. She said like, um, are you gonna ask the same question to my male, uh, my male, actors uh for the male uh, you know like why would you not ask chris asthma how he's managing being a father slash actor like you never ask that a man because what was the difference you know you have to 
call, call it out because sometimes people just ask out of ignorance. It's not because yeah. they need to. Well, the conversations bad. matter. The conversations matter. You know, um, a couple of days ago, I got called out on Twitter um, by mm-hmm. a guy. Um, I said, I will never use Latinx. I don't like the term Latinx. I am Latino. You know, I'm Latino and she's Latina. Now, if you tell me, call me Latinx, I will call you Latinx out of respect for you and your choice. Yeah. I will never use the term. And then this guy broke it down, man. He went in on me. He went in on me, told me a new one, man, just ripped me apart. By the end of the conversation, I said, listen, man, you embarrassed the hell out of me. You know, I feel, I feel embarrassed. I feel kind of humiliated. Mm. But this is necessary because you taught me something. Yeah. You, know, you taught me something. So I am now a little more, I still have that inner resistance to the word Latinx, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, but but I have a better understanding after that. We, we say a pela lengua. He gave me like a verbal whooping, you know, um, and broke it down, man. He, he, he pointed out things that I said that I didn't even realize how they were coming across, mm-hmm. you know? Like he said, you, your very first statement was, I will never use this word Latinx. So you are already choosing the side of the winner, as opposed to the people who are, are trying to rise up and improve their situation. You just said, by saying, I won't use that word, you just told me that you were choosing the side of the person who's on top. Yeah. I didn't perceive it that way. Well, um, you know? explain me a little bit. I, what, what does that mean? Because I actually am not quite sure what Latinx means. Okay, so... In, in Spanish, the words have gender. Yeah, Latino, uh, Latina. Latino, Latina. But what about the people who don't identify as either? Mm. So to address that, um, uh, a group of individuals came up with a term called Latin X, where you remove the A and the O. So it's Latin X. And the words that have gender, that have gendered, type of a meaning uh, is being replaced with an X. So Latin X, um, uh, I'm trying to think of another word that I, um, uh, I, any word that has, you know, uh, uh, A or O in it can have an X in it. But the the major point is with Latin X. And to me, grammatically, that just didn't make any sense. You know, um, Latin X, you know, the actress from the TV show Pose. She is a Latinx. I think she's from the Dominican Republic, I think. Um, Dominique Jackson. Are you familiar with her? Yeah. She's a beautiful transgender actress. Um, so I could refer as a Latinx actress. It's like a beautiful yeah. Latinx actress. I'm, I'm just asking because I'm trying right. to understand. Right, of course, of course. Of it. Yeah, if, you've, if you've never heard it, so it depends on what pronoun she wants used. So if she if she wants to be, you know, addressed as, you know, because there's, it really depends on the individual. So I don't even know, you know, what pronoun a person would want, right? But when speaking in general, so like if I'm going to say, generally I would say I'm writing an article, right? I will say within the Latino population, there are 50% of uh, people who eat hamburgers. So that line now should read within the Latin X population, 50% uh. 
read hamburgers or eat hamburgers, you know, whatever. But you may say, you know, I am he, him, you know, those are your pronouns. Yeah. Or you may say her or, you know, in which case then I will say Latina or Latino, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm not the best representative to explain the, the, the perfect etiquette of it because as I just told you, I got my ass whooped. <laughs> um, you know on twitter for it oh, but, but apparently he was he, his intention was positive because oh, absolutely. Actually, I him. um the I bottom line thanked. was he wanted to he wanted you to learn from yeah. his explanation so yeah. he he didn't mean anything malicious or what, he was rude because twitter is a dangerous zone that sometimes i'm really afraid of tweeting or even liking a tweet because you can get in hot waters really easily because especially after tumblr went down and instagram like started like making their regulations a little bit more strict everybody gravitated towards uh twitter because twitter is so um like liberating right you can post like pornography you can uh, a lot of porn the porn industry people are always using twitter as their platform now and it's yeah it's it's a, all men's land and you can get in hot waters really fast because you, you they don't have censorship there so um i'm always afraid but it's interesting like sometimes you can tell from tweets or from a person on tweet when they are just being malicious and their intention is just to hurt you and put you down versus when they really want you to learn and be educated and have a, like an open conversation um that's another issue too non-binary queer figures um lgbtq um representatives in society nowadays it's a it's a game change it's a it's a game changer like especially within the last 10 years it changed completely it's so complicated and it's yeah. hard to keep up with everything and to not offend people and to not you know and like you said this guy wasn't malicious he was he he i mean you know it was clear he was checking me but i was willing to receive the the lesson it wasn't like i was being confrontational i was i said listen and educate me enlighten me tell me because his first response was okay whatever and i said hold up man don't don't okay whatever me tell me, educate <laughs> me. Tell, what did i what where am i wrong in this educate me because if you don't educate me, I will continue with the same ignorant mindset. I won't know better. Educate me. And, and he did. You know, he gave me a verbal lashing and he educated me. And, and I appreciated it. it. It really, you know, I am one step closer to using the term Latinx. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and if he would have attacked me and been an asshole, I would have shut down and I would have become defensive and, and nothing would, you know, no, nothing changes. So it's important. Yeah, kudos to you for not being defensive and being open-minded and being humble and say, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, that's one new thing we learned today. We can learn something new every single day, at least one thing we can always do. We always do. Uh, and, and it's always, the, the, what is always going to defer is the intention. You know, the intention is always um, the, the element that will save you. You know, it's the saving grace of, everything you do in life because sometimes like even when you talk to someone who is 
from a different gender or, or non-binary or don't identify necessarily the way they might look, they might look a certain way, but it doesn't mean their gender is the certain gender they identify with. But then you humbly and respectfully approach that, individ that individual and you say, would you mind explain or just tell me what pronoun you, you want me to use or to address you? And they will always be so um, glad that you did that because they will always tell you, you know, oh, I, uh, I identify as a, as a female and you should address me as she, her, hers, um, or they, them, theirs. Now, a lot of non-binaries like to be using neutral pronouns as well. And, and it's not up to you to say, no, it's wrong or it makes no sense in the, in the English language. It's their right to be called the way they want it to be and you should move on. It's not that serious in the end of the day, no? Um, yeah, conversations are always important, but your saving grace will always be the intention. <laughs> You always have a good intention, be humble, and you'll be fine. Don't worry. You are very outspoken, Angel. You'll be fine because you have this thirst for knowledge and you're very curious, you know? Yeah, you know, it's just simple. You know, if, if I'm wrong, I, I'd like to learn and, and know, you know? Exactly, yeah. I, I, am, I do have difficulty with terms like calling someone they. That's a little hard for me because in my brain, it doesn't make sense grammatically, right? From it the, sounds foreign, the, yeah. But at the same time, I am aware that this is what someone wants me to address them at. And just a simple matter of respect for me to just adjust the words that I use, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And some people don't want to do that. And, and that's just a stubborn person. You know, oh, I'm not going um, to comply to this this mental illness, like it's what a lot of people say, right? They're like, it's, this is a mental illness and I'm not gonna further enhance it, right? And my thing is, listen, you saying they, does that hurt you? Does it hurt you? And, and I've had some pretty heavy arguments with people about it because they're like, yes, because it degrades the moral fiber of society. And then we're all complying with it. And now we as a society are weaker. And, and I get into these crazy arguments. But my thing is very, it's it, at the end of the day, if you and I are friends, right? And I value you as a person. And you tell me, Angel, I, I identify as they. Call me they. Don't call me him. Don't call me her. Then if I respect you and I value you, I should probably comply. You know, call you what you want to be called. It's just a matter of respect. That's how I see it. You know, so um... it's a great approach. I, uh, you always have the choice to accept things or not. It's your, it's your human right. It's your American right. I, I, I am, I'm proud to live in the United States. I love my country. I love. Um, I don't love the government. <laughs> it's okay to love a country and not love its government. And, but we do have the democracy and the right to accept things or not. But accepting is a, is a privilege. Respect is not a choice. You, know, you, can, you can accept someone or not, but you have no choice between respecting someone. You know? Sometimes, like, I don't, I don't agree like with Donald Trump's policy 
and I might not accept a lot of things they say, but I, I, I come from a point of view, my mother always raised me to respect someone, no matter what. So I have no choice but respecting the president or respect someone who doesn't have the same views. I have no choice. I have to respect that person. Uh, but I don't need to accept what they think about me. And they can't, because they say the same. Oh, I don't have the, I, I don't have the obligation to accept you. And I say, that's correct. But you don't have the option to not respect me. Respect is not an option, <laughs> you know? And people sometimes forget there's a, a fine line between acceptance and respect. Respect, you don't have a choice. You have to respect an individual, no matter who that person is, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that's the problem about this country nowadays. It's so divided, you know, so divided. Well, there is a lack of respect. You know, there is certainly a lack of respect amongst a lot of people. Um, let me ask you something, right? Um, hmm. some, some time ago, you did a, um, a Zumba event, right? We haven't even introduced you yet. Man. We just jumped into, oh my gosh. Jumped into the Shirelles. And we, you know, by default, I started like, like the thing was already recording. So I just let it go because we're already having a conversation. I can edit it and stuff. So it's okay. Um, <laughs> but we didn't hear, so we'll do the introduction at the end, you know, we'll do the, you know, so you did a, a Zumba event where you were doing um, like, I guess it was half drag, if I remember right. Yeah, actually, unfortunately, that events didn't happen because it was my birthday class. My yeah. birthday is in March. My, my birthday is March 16. And, um, and the class was supposed to happen on March 18. And the shutdown happened on March 16. So everything was shut down. So the class has been postponed. Yeah, it's, it's, indefinitely, it's, right? Until yeah, it's <laughs> it, it was it it went it postponed to June and then went to September and now it's November something, and I'm pretty sure it's gonna get postponed again because I will either have to do two classes and I'm gonna be losing money because I'm gonna have to rent the studio twice, mm. uh, uh, because they're not gonna allow me to have forty people inside a studio anytime right. soon. Um, but the event was supposed to be me in drag teaching a Zumba class. And the flyer was my face half in drag and half in boy with like beard. Um, because you shaved half of it for the, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I the photo shoot, I, I shaved just half of it. And the makeup artist made my face as a woman. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, I'm pretty sure in the podcast, um, uh, people can check in the, in the links below, like yeah. I can put the, the photos and yeah, uh, yeah, it, I'll, it was I'll a very beautiful flyer. I was very proud of it because whenever I do a Zumba class, I'm, I do have this side of me that comes out and I just want yeah. people to feel fierce and fabulous. Well, you, you do know? the wigs, you do the wigs yeah. a lot. You certainly put on a performance, man. You're one of my favorite guys to take. Let me <laughs> tell you, I won't be getting up at 9 a.m. on a Sunday for too many people. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because I want you to feel whatever I'm feeling too. And the song and the lyrics, uh, all the the songs I use in my Zumba class is just it's just with the purpose to make you feel empowered. You know, I use a lot of like girl bands in my Zumba classes. Yeah, I use a lot yeah. of like um, queer people. I use um, queer artists. 
So you might as well just feel that too and take that into the rest of your day. Um, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, another thing I like to do is uh, I tell them like, you know, Beyonce has the Sasha Fierce, like, which is her alter ego. So I, na I named my alter ego Piper. I was obsessed with Charmed. Remember that TV show called Charmed? I never watched it, but I, I know it. I heard of it. I never watched that one, though. Yeah, it was uh, Lisa Milano um, and that girl from um, Sharon something. One of the, they were all witches, and one of the witches were Piper, and I always loved her. She was my favorite. So she was like this sassy witch, and I always loved her. And so that was the name of the Zumba class, that, that event. It was like the, the introduction oh. of Piper, you know, the drag. And I was looking forward to the event and then the yeah. pandemic um, officially shut everything down. And the timing, man, the timing just kind of, a lot of things, you know, just, it, it, I mean, I, I, I'm big on perspective about the pandemic, right? Every time I'm going to complain about it and stuff, I think to myself, I still have my job. My wife is healthy. My son is healthy. My mom is healthy. My sisters are healthy. A lot of people lost family, lost jobs, lost homes. So it's hard. It, it, I don't complain much about it. You know, it certainly has um, thrown a, a, a wrench in our lives and, you know, the, everything we're doing, but I am, it is not lost on me that I haven't lost that much, you know, um, by contrast, you know, I, I only found out a week ago that my mom had COVID. She didn't even know. Um, they sent her home thinking it was the flu, you know, and my sister too, who has asthma, which is a high risk. They sent her, it's a flu and God knows who could, what could have happened, you know? So like the level of gratitude that I, you know, the perspective that I have, like my mom has lost a lot of friends, a lot of her, her friends that they play bingo every, you know, every month and stuff, like no more, man. So this pandemic has really uh, hurt a lot of people in a lot of ways. So when I think like, oh man, I was just building up my Zumba class. I picked up a new Zumba class and it was getting filled up. When I'm about to complain about that, I remember, wait a minute, Angel, if that's all you lost, then you're doing okay. You know, sure. you gained a little weight, you're fat. If that's all you got, you're doing okay. That means you have food, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, all the changes that has happened in my life and all my close friends, my immediate circle, my immediate family, um, it, it was like life changing too. Um, uh, but then you have to put everything in perspective I know it's difficult, but whenever I think about the things I've lost and the things that happened that didn't really go according to my plans, I think of people that have lost greater things or bigger things in life. And, and then all of a sudden you don't feel so bad anymore. So, that, and, and that's what I learned right now. I learned that networking and compassion and helping the other helps you in return you know networking is all about giving um, networking is all about being like sharing your your talent your care uh being genuine to yourself and just um chill you now sometimes some people just want to be heard 
Uh, I learned that a lot through Zumba. You know, I'm a Zumba instructor in New York City for almost five years now. And I know that the reason my classes are always well attended is because I listen to a lot of my students before and after class because they are not just like training and exercising their bodies. They also, it, there's a, an element of mental health there. Yes, and, and the quarantine enhanced all the mental health issues we all have. You know, and then on the top of that, you lost your job, you lost your loved ones, you, loved, you lost friends. Um, so you have no choice but had to deal with that. And some people weren't, were not able to deal in the best way. There are people struggling up to this day. And there are people who are better now because of what happened. I feel I'm better because um, I lost my grandmother in March, same day, uh, same month that the shutdown happened, the birthday plans went down the drain. Um, I lost my, my lovely grandmother that I couldn't even go to Brazil to see it because Sao Paulo has been the epicenter of this virus too in Brazil. So, um, and I could, I, I had many reasons that I could be depressed and being like defeated and feel sorry for myself. But then I lost, uh, I also have people in my life who has been suffering, suffering greater things. And, and that made me feel more sympathetic and more, um, uh, yeah. yeah, there's always someone who's suffering more than you in life, always. But that always. doesn't, you know, that's not to um, downplay or negate our own, you know, you know what no, I mean? No. You, you always recognize, you know, your own, and, you know, sometimes people say you have no reason to be sad. It's like, well, yeah, I do. You know, um, you know, you always got to remember that. That you know, I, I had to check myself a, a couple of again another lesson that I had to give myself um, a few weeks ago. Um, it's probably more like a month or two months. But my son was he was in a good headspace, right? And um, my sister wasn't in a good headspace, my little sister. So she reached out to me and when I talked to her, I'm very tender, very kind, very like, like it's okay, you know. And when my son came to me, I was making fun of him. You know what I mean? And um, he got mad, he closed himself in the room and he didn't come out for like a day or a day and a half. And I hadn't realized Then I was doing something and then something clicked in my head. Why did you tell your son, suck it up? Suck it up, man. It's okay. You know, when he was telling me something, I kind of just dismissed it and was like, come on, man, cut that crap out. Meanwhile, my sister tells me something similar and I'm like, it's okay. It's okay to feel. And I caught myself that because he's a boy and he's 20 years old, I completely responded differently. And I went and I told him, listen, um, I just realized something. I did this, this, and that. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, it was very insensitive of me and I'm still working on myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I caught myself and he didn't tell me, he just hid in the room. And then I didn't understand why is he mad? Like I didn't, you know, and, and then I realized, Oh, wow. My response there was very macho, very, very, you know, and how old is your son now? He's 20. He's 20. You have a 20 year old son. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 20 years old, you know, 
Wow. And I, I realized what I did and I apologized. And, you know, we talked about it, about yeah, the thing he was feeling. Good of you. Again, your approach was perfect because. I'm glad I realized it. Yeah. Glad that whatever. Being a man nowadays, especially in 2020, is very hard because they can neglect their emotions or, or, or let's say their feminine side. Just because you're a straight man doesn't mean, doesn't need to be toxic. That toxic masculinity can be very bad to your own heart and your own emotions because you're entitled to feel your emotions, you know, and it's very, it's a very old school mentality to tell a boy to suck it up because boys are not allowed to cry. Boys are not allowed to go to therapy or boys are not allowed to feel depressed. Um, a lot of people think that depression is not a, a real thing, <laughs> you know? And I myself, I, I used to look down on people who are depressed because I'm always so optimistic and energetic, but, but then you go through things in life and say, wow, um, um, I am too allowed to feel sad and depressed. Um, and that's actually a sign of strength when you allow yourself to, to, to have your moments the, I, the negative part is when you're just unable to get out of that hole, you know, and that's what depression is, right? Because everybody's sad, everybody's happy, everybody has their ups and downs. The problem is like when you're stuck in that hole for months, that's depression. And, and that's when we need to be very compassionate towards people who are suffering. Like, I don't know, your listeners might be listening to this and, and, and thinking about their own family ones, um, family members and thinking, wow, wow. Um, yeah, the, the problem is not being sad. The problem is being sad for a long period of time. Perpetual you know? sadness, um, yeah. Yeah, everybody's, everybody, especially boys. Boys have to be reminded nowadays, young boys, young men have to be reminded that they need their emotional self to being checked too and they are allowed to go through their feelings too um it's part of this new thing you know it's a full circle like going back to uh beginning of this conversation when we're talking about feminism what being a feminist is is not like neglecting one gender it's, it's making sure both genders and both sides are being treated treated equally you know your your masculinity, but also your femininity, you know, um, your emotions, your body, you know, um, uh, equality, you know, it's equality. So it's, um, everything has been brought up to a point that it's, it's there's no turning back. You no, know, we're talking, uh, the coronavirus has awakened us. And I think it's a beautiful thing. It's causing a lot of pain, but it's a beautiful thing. We're finally having like Black Lives Matter, we're finally talking about non-binary feminism, what it is to be a certain race in this country, you know, um, the the government and how they treat minorities, you know, it's 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 turmoil, but it's it's good because good things will come out of it. You know, 2020, it's I, I don't like to say 2020 is a bad year actually, <laughs> um, because 
uh, I think 2021 will be only the way it's going to be because of 2020. So 2020 had to happen somehow. Eventually it would have to happen. <laughs> right. To, to lead to the better place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need 2020. Will, 2021 will be better because of 2020. That's how I think. You know, uh, I, saw, I saw a meme and it said, um, it was like a future meme. And they say, hey, you remember the first year of quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it said 2020, that was the first year of quarantine, right? Oh my gosh. Which implies that there's more years. So when I yeah, saw that meme, yeah. I was like, oh crap. You know, it, it was how, funny, but at the same time, it was like, Oh, okay. You know, like how how are your views on vaccines? Uh, do you really believe that we're gonna have a vaccine for coronavirus that soon? Like they are saying. I tell you what, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be one of the early adopters. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, for sure. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. You know, I'm certainly not gonna be that because you know I'd rather take my chances with the virus than take my chances with the vaccine and the virus. Yeah, I think majority of people have the same view as you. Uh, you, you definitely don't want to take the first batches. You know? Look at how long it's taken them to, you know, they haven't come up with a universal um, flu vaccine yet. You know, I've seen, I was watching a documentary on that. I think the documentary was called Pandemic. Remember with the piggies? So they were trying to find a, a universal vaccine for the flu. And it's been years and years and years and trials and trials and trials. No, no, no success. How are you going to come up with a vaccine for something as, as lethal as this thing in, in less than a year? That concerns me. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. You know, like I, I have my vaccines. Um, my, my son has his vaccines when he was, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm also not an idiot, you know? And, uh, you know, if, if it came out this quickly, maybe... Maybe the reason it takes so long is red tape. And to save lives, they cut that red tape. Maybe. Mm -hmm. But I'm not entirely convinced of that. So I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if you um if your body's healthy and and you you have a certain lifestyle, yeah, you you, you can wait. You can wait in a couple of years. I think we will have a concrete answer about this vaccine by 2022 you know 2021 will be like we will be watching headlines about the first vaccines and the first people taking it and then by 2022 we might be like better distributed and better um realized right because they are gonna see what the uh, what the masses will be reacting to it and hopefully when it's not an, a thing anymore um, it's just very scary because we don't know the 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 timeline, right? Everything might be within a couple of months or a couple of years. <laughs> like if you're a performer, if you work on Broadway, if you do concerts, you don't know when you're coming back. <laughs> it's tough for a lot of people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how are, how are your guys? Uh, you, have, you have lights going around? Yes, I have okay. a... a, a <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, is something wrong with my screen or is that, that, uh, okay, okay, it's real, okay. Yeah, I, I've sleep the whole time and I thought so, but I was like, let me just make sure. 
you're, you're not high. Don't worry. You're not high. Um, are are you? Is your podcast also available on visual? Can yes. people actually watch it too? Yeah, I put it on YouTube as well. All right, all right. So yeah, I'll send the link to a couple of friends. But I I was like making sure my bedroom looked a little uh-huh. bit better because this is where I also teach my virtual classes. So I have I have this um, black light. Uh, oh, oops, I have this black light. Uh, I bought this tiny little um, <laughs> mirror ball. Yeah, I had one of those for class one time. I broke it the same day I got it. Oh my gosh. I broke it like this before it even started the class. I broke it. <laughs> it it is fun. It, it is fun because it makes the class a little bit more festive. Yeah. Depending on the song, like I always end with like, um, you know that blinding lights from the weekend. Oh, I love that, I love that song. song. So I always have that song on and I put my shade. I love that song. So much fun. Yeah, love it. It's one of my favorite songs right now, that that one. I love it. I was trying to create a choreography for it, but you know, it's a TikTok popular song. So the TikTok dance is stuck in my head, so I can't create. All I got in my head is that move that they do. I, I use it as a cool down. I use it as the last song of the class. I do a cool down uh, with that. And, and how, how have you um how have you felt with the transition to virtual from real Zumba to virtual? Like, is it still fun for you? Do you still, you know, like like enjoy doing it? I tried and I I just couldn't get into it. Like, well, I I must say that I ne- I will never find it as good as a live class you know um but it is the best that we can do out of the situation so Mm -hmm. i so that's how my approach to it i feel very grateful because thanks to the virtual classes i do my classes um either five dollars per person attending it on zoom or sometimes i do free classes and they just donate whatever they want right uh, for it and and it's giving me an income, so I'm very grateful for it. But uh, the transition was hard for me because I I don't like doing things online, and I like to reserve my home for resting and oh. decompressing. So when I was obliged to bring my my work to my home to my resting place where I, I rest uh it was hard so i didn't start immediately i i allowed myself to give like a couple weeks of uh rest no so the shutdown happened in march i think i started my virtual classes only on only in april and first i was trying to do on free platforms like facebook instagram but then because of music copyrights, they were like blocking my classes. They were like, um, they were interrupting the connection. And, and also because the Zumba license doesn't allow you to do things on Instagram or Facebook. So I had to go to Zoom and then took me a while. I had to buy a new laptop. I had to buy new equipment. I had to, to give a boost to my Wi-Fi, to the router in the apartment because uh, we had all the shitty old uh, 
spectrum plan and, and they 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 were not the best so it took another month or two almost two months for my classes to be like good with the sounding sync because for many many classes was a mess like the 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 image wouldn't sync with the audio or sometimes I lose connection or my laptop was just old I had a very old laptop so I had to buy something and I had to wait until I because I wanted to buy something really new so I bought the latest MacBook uh, and it took me like two months saving and doing things uh, donations and um, uh, so I bought that because it was and it was worth it because now my Zumba classes on Zoom are pretty reliable uh, it happens six six days a week uh, I either do at 12.30 p.m. or 7.30 p.m., Monday through Saturday. Um, I always give the password because every class now is a different password. So whenever somebody texts me, oh, can I take your classes? I give them for free. And then later on, I say, listen, I, I accept donations. It's usually $5 per person. And um, I'm paying so, off a Mac. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. <laughs> And they are picking up, they are picking up. I usually have like between 15 to 25 people per class. Very good. Uh, it's a good, it's a decent number of yeah, attendees. Very good. Yeah. And if you have that consistently, it's very, dude, I tried that's a couple a secret. of classes, one or two people. My biggest number was four. And I was like, <laughs> man, this shit ain't for me, man. I was moving furniture around, you know, <laughs> doing all this work for the, everybody's like, do Zumba, do a class, do a class. And I go through all this trouble and nobody shows up. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fuck this shit. I'm not doing this. And people message me, hey, what happened to your class? I'm like, fuck out of here. You didn't even show up. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> today, I, I had a class today, Friday at 1230. I had 13 people. Lucky 13. Um, and then some people um, can don't do the class and they, they, they just want to watch. Sometimes it's funny, like, because. You can tell they are not working out. They're just watching. Well, that's like your only fans. Yeah, <laughs> only yeah. Only fans, you know? You know what I'm saying? Only fans. I, I don't well, know. What? Yeah, I have a rack of wigs and costumes. I put, like, you my... You just want to watch you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do things because sometimes I know they just want to watch and they, they, they just want to be entertained. They don't really want to work out. But I do it, you know, as long as they pay me something. And, I, and that's how I learned. You have to be consistent and eventually picks up, you right. know. And the more stupidity you do on camera, the more they appreciate because they need sometimes. Um, well, it's entertaining. To laugh. Your class is a lot of fun, man. You're, 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 first of all, you have a, a great personality, right? You have a, this vibe and stuff. And I've told you this before, right? As a heterosexual male, right, I I can still acknowledge your your sexuality, like like no, you wrong with that, yeah. You you, you 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 emanate this this prowess, you know, and that attracts people. It just does. It draws them in. Maybe maybe it's not sexual. I don't know. Maybe it's a spiritual because it's it's an energy, right? You have this yeah. energy that draws people in. You know, I, I do think that's that's something from my background, you know, because I was born and raised in Brazil. I came to the United States. I was 25. Now I'm 35. I've been here for 10 years. But in, in Brazil, I used to teach English for a living. I used to be a ESL 
instructor for a living. And I used to do carnivals. And carnivals in Brazil, it's all about being like um, body positive, embracing all types of bodies, all shapes. And it's a, it's a very thirst trap mentality because you have to be always like during carnivals, um, um, being attracting the, the tourists, the gringos, you know? So it's all about like using that image to sell a show, right? So I grew up with that kind of mentality. Plus, um, uh, I love my divas, so I, I, te I, I tend to emanate what they do on, on their shows. And um, I don't think this so it, it's my nature. It's, it's who I am. When I don't I think this is something that, that is, is taught or acquired. It's something you just have. Because if it were, if, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? If it were just an act, right? If this was an, I think I would be able to see through that. And, and as, again, as a heterosexual guy, mm -hmm. right? I wouldn't feel that draw to another guy. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like this energy draw, you know, like, 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 so there's gotta be something more. And I've met people like that. Like you just meet some people that just emanate this, this energy yeah you know, it's, it's like a, it's a sexual energy that some people have naturally and i think uh, <laughs> i don't like saying that about myself but i i well, do I, <laughs> I, I used to but i've done many many um jobs ever since i moved to the united states and leaving yeah. work i hustled you know yeah so i actually worked in nightclubs i worked as a stripper i worked in many places in gay clubs and gay bars that require that kind of energy you know and mm. and you either have it or not like you said and and now even though that chapter in my life is totally behind me i still somehow bring that up during my zumba classes of course it's a right. different environment and you have to be respectful you have to be appropriate but I, I still have it in me. Yeah. And I think people like it. People, people feel inspired because it's an energy. We all have it, you know, in, in different levels, but we all have it. And, and it's fun. I, I do it too. I live my wannabe stripper fantasies in Zumba as well <laughs> you know i get into it just the same and i you know you get the hip gyrations these and i'm not like a sexy guy i'm not a i'm not a um a good mover you know like i don't have that but i just i do it in a way that they may not look at me and think man this guy is so sexy or some do i've been told but you'd be surprised you know, that's some, that's, you'd be surprised. Some people disagree with you. <laughs> you know, and we have fun. You know, I have a, I have a blast doing it. You know, like I, I love it. Like that was one of the things that I, I missed most during the pandemic was that I wasn't, uh, it's, 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 I, I think of it like performing, yeah. you know, it's like performing. Now there, there is a difference. Like there are Zumba instructors who just perform. So they look at themselves in the mirror and they just do their own thing. I'm not a fan of that. I want the performer or, or the Zoom instructor who interacts with the class, engages, looks at the class. And like, that's how I am. So when I say the word perform, I don't want to be misinterpreted as somebody who's just looking at the mirror and looking at themselves. You know, like I 
perform and entertain while engaging and I cue and I do the movements and I'm very, for me, it's just like this, like, uh, like this, this interacting performance between all of us. We're all in this stage doing this performance, you know? Um, I just want to be careful with the word performance because I have, there are some instructors who I call them performers, but they're not participants, you know? Um, and I don't want to go into like bashing anyone or any whatever, you know, but I just wanted to be clear on the word when I say I treat it as a performance, it's an outlet for me, you know? Um, um, I, I coped with depression for a long time myself. Uh, when I was younger, I was, you know, even suicidal for, for a period. And um, writing was an outlet. Um, doing spoken word, poetry was an outlet. Oh, really? um, exercise. And then somewhere along the line, I shifted into um, not just exercise, but Zumba, creating choreography, being in the class. It became therapeutic for me. Yeah, you know, it's very therapeutic for me. It's a very helping thing for me, and you yeah. know, I, that's what people, whoever teaches Zumba or whoever wants to become a Zumba instructor, regardless of your relationship with the music, with your playlist, because Zumba Corporation actually, it's it's a great company because they allow you to use whatever music you want right to teach a very important under yeah. the license right because you have to have the license you have to have cpr and certain things and and you have to have that in mind before you are a performer you're still there as an instructor so you right. have to instruct before performing so first you instruct second you perform it's so yeah. it's not the other way around. It's, 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 you don't perform first and then remember, reminds yourself to instruct. No, it should always be like, my mentality is whenever I, I create a choreography or a dance um, to something, I always imagine my grandmother doing it because mm. Zumba is for general pub public. It's not for dancers. So you have to have in mind that that choreography has to be appropriate for the majority of people who attend Zumba classes, which is like um, people in their mm -hmm. middle ages, you know, people who are not dancers, but love to dance, you know? So yeah, you're not there to show off or to right. do extreme movements and you'd be like totally out of touch with people who like the brand, you know? You, you're using the word Zumba, so you have to abide to right. the rules of, what the methodology is um and i see and that's the thing too about naming um um people a lot of instructors just burrow the like dribble the the regulations and the rules right they break the rules and you shouldn't you have to make the best out of it without breaking the methodology you know um um, it's it's very ambiguous in certain ways because of the music, but um, um, you have to remember remind yourself you're an instructor first, and I yeah. I like that. I like being instructor first, and then I perform later. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you, you know I always make sure that as I'm learning choreography, I'm embedding my cues into it. It's a part of the the creation process. So if I'm learning or borrowing a choreography that I like from somebody, or if I'm creating one in my mind, 
as I'm creating it, not after, not as an afterthought, as part of the process. I am, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm going to be going, you know, let's say I'm, uh, I try to pre-cue. So if I'm doing this and I'm about to go that way, I kind of go like, while you're still on the last two steps, I point this way and I'll throw a number up. And then I, you know, to, to, you know, I, it's just part of my creation process. Yeah. Um, and I tell that and anytime somebody reaches out to me that they're about to become an instructor or they want to learn how to, I say, it's a little extra work, but you need to embed the choreography. The, the cueing needs to be a part of that process. Yeah. Don't learn choreo and then later try to figure out how to cue it mm-hmm. because it, it, it gets ingrained in your head. So if you're in your head, you go, you know, prior to the movement, you've already done this. You're telling them two counts, you know, and, and give them that second. Boom, I do this, I wait, and then continue so that they can, you know, they know what's coming. I do that in advance, but I do that um, before I even ever bring it out to somebody. Like I'm practicing the, 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 the choreography, the cues are part of it. You know, even the the little, you know, that's 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 part of like bringing it in and making it fun, not just going, you know, part of my choreography, you know, is is you know throwing the thing out and just the cues are part of it. And then after like the first loop, you don't keep doing it unless you unless they're lost, you, you know. Use progression, right? Like yeah, I, that's the thing too. My advice for anyone who wants to be a Zoom instructor is just to be simple sometimes less is more mm. because the first thing you want to do is to engage with the audience with the students the the participants and make sure they are following their own pace so the first two chorus of verses of the song you're actually just doing like on a 50 60 percent right you go 100 percent towards the end um, making sure they 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 are aware that that hundred percent is very personal. You can go there or not. Like they right. have to feel comfortable and free to to do their own flavor. You know that, that people think. I think that's why Zoom is so popular. People have the liberty to put their own flavor in every class, regardless who is teaching. No, um, mm-hmm. just because you go a certain way doesn't mean you are actually doing the exactly the same way the instructor do. You're doing like your own version of that step. Um, right. and instructing sometimes, yeah, you do the cueings, but make sure you go slow. The, go slow, don't rush, right? A lot of people forget that your uh, people don't know the choreography so if you make a mistake they will never know anyway yeah Yeah. don't rush yeah take your time you progress gets go a hundred percent just towards the the last minute of each song no um and then you get more confident too it's just a matter it's just a matter of time like once you're Mm -hmm. teaching for over a year you get it it's a muscle dude if, if if somebody like me can teach and people like it and trust me, man, I'm I'm the guy that's against the wall at the weddings that is afraid to dance and move. And, you know, if I can do it, people ask me, so, Angel, you say you don't know how to dance. No. Well, how do you do Zumba? Because I practice. 
Yeah. I practice for hours and hours and hours. And because I know the level of work that I put into it, I'm confident that what it is that I'm doing, I don't know if I'll call this dancing, but this that I'm doing, uh-huh. it's going to be correct. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be doing what I mean to do because of the level of practice. Now, when when I go, like I went to an event with um, R- Ricardo Marmite, right? And um, he brought me on stage. I was uncomfortable on stage because I don't know his choreography, you know? So somebody asked me later, they're like, you looked really nervous. Like, you know, you're an instructor, you've been doing it. And I'm like, yeah, but I know my choreography. Yeah. And, and if I am in somebody else's class, I don't want a spotlight on me because I don't know their choreography. I'm going to look stupid. I'm also kind of awkward and goofy. So, you know, for me to, once I get it, I get it. But, you know, like I, I was anxious. I didn't want to go up there and they're like, oh, get up here. And I'm like, you know, and I caught on, but it took me a few, like a cycle to figure out what, (laughs) what he was doing, you know? Yeah. Um, It happened to me once and I made so many mistakes, but then you know what I did? I just stopped. And I was pointing at him, hyping him up. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to be a fool here. I'm going to be like, oh, I did that on purpose. You will never know. I was like, yeah, come on. But I was pointing at him. And like, the hype man. <laughs> I was the hype man. I became the hype man. Because in the end of the day, it was his choreography in a way. Uh, yeah, it was not my turn to do the choreography. So, and he wanted me to be with him in the stage. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, you, you um and that's the thing yeah just make sure you're connecting with the participants and um you'll be fine you'll be fine i have a lot of people who actually likes uh your class Angel. um whenever you're teaching queens uh the my um the the zumba participants i have in queens they always say oh i used to love angel's class uh 24-hour fitness um mm. um they are soon coming back again right because they well, we, we taught. I taught some and then they canceled them again. And they didn't. So my Saturday class, they didn't even give me a chance to teach it before they canceled them. It was full. It was full to capacity to what they allowed that Saturday. And I said, look, you know, you guys didn't even give us a chance. Look, the room is, is, you know. I think they overstepped some kind of regulation from the city. So they had to turn it down. Mm, I think so, too. Back in October, they said. Yeah, yeah, I think so too because um, Retro Fitness told me that they were not allowed to do it indoors yet. So we do it on the roof. So I think it's very possible that they might have jumped the gun and that's probably why they paused it. Although they said that they were keeping body pump classes. So I don't know. And body pump, there's no body pump classes in Kew Gardens yet anyway. No, no. Classes at all. it's it's weird. Um, I I um good just teaching the park. To be frank, as long as it doesn't snow, I'll be teaching as many classes as I can. I'm actually heading to Bronx because I have a class there Friday. Mm. Uh, I yeah. I'm at Parkway. Okay, you take the train out there. Yep, I I uh. take the I go I usually go to Times Square. I take the two. Or and sometimes I, I transfer at 180 to the five because Palin Parkway is cl- close to this um, stop uh, Morris Park. Yeah, yeah. My I, son used to live there with his mom. They, they lived out in Morris Park. 
yeah, for, see, for a um, long time. Yeah, it's a lovely area, and I that was my very first Zumba job. I was teaching for a Jewish center called Bronx House. Hmm. Um, and so then, those folks are coming to the park now to join you, the people yeah. from Bronx House. Yeah, that's yeah, very cool. It's very cool. Bronx House was giving me a problem because they were not happy that I was calling their members to join me in the park. Oh. <laughs> so so I told them, okay, okay, I'll do the class far away from the building, but I'm still gonna call them because uh, I have a permit. Why would they? Why would they? Why would they be upset because? You're just giving their members something to do because they can't go there. Exactly. You know what? Well, they, they said it doesn't look good in the optics. Like uh, they also wanted to do classes and they can. So well, I, once they do the classes, you'll be back there, right? That's your, you know, you're just doing what you have to do in the meantime. Yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's all politics, like you said in the beginning. Yeah, it's me trying to make the best out of this, and I have to pay my rent. You have to pay your rent, so we have to do what we got to do. And I'm sorry that them, as a corporation, they as a corporation still cannot be full on capacity or working. Right. Me as an individual, I'm more vulnerable than them. They'll be fine, right? You know, I yeah. I, I need to pay my rent. So man, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. You know, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Likewise, I actually never done a podcast before. So when you invited me, I was like, yes, yes, I'm gonna do it. Yes, let's do it. When can tomorrow? Tomorrow, sure, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. You know, it's fun. Like I, I, you know, I've been doing these by myself for a long time, and I, it was boring. And frankly, that's why I never did them. I was very inconsistent because it was boring. It wasn't fun. So I said, look at how many people I know on Twitter. I know on Facebook, from my fitness world, from my fighting world, from my military, from politics. I know so many people in so many different spaces. Yeah. Why don't I instead sit and talk with people, you know? Um, and and I, 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 I'm loving it, you know. I'm catching up with a lot of friends who I haven't talked to in a long time. And we're having conversations, just chatting, but also talking about big things. Like we spent a good deal of time talking about some major issues in, in the world today. And it's just a conversation, you know. So it's, it's great. It makes it much more fun. Uh, I just want to say um, I always admire you because you're very well-rounded. And like you said, you have a very um broad uh, circle of friends and professionals and different people and you have to take advantage of that i think you in a certain way you you already do you know and like you said you're very humble and curious so and that it's very inspiring to me angel because uh whenever uh someone is not curious they prev they keep themselves from experiencing greater things in life you know and so Keep your curiosity <laughs> and and be uh, humble and uh, honest and genuine. Um, you're a great guy. And um, I was so glad to be in your podcast. And yeah, invite everyone. Everybody wants to be um, talking to you, I'm sure. And you uh, and networking is about giving. Remember, I learned this um, this week. I, uh, I, it was a quote I saw on Instagram. Networking is about giving. It's about you giving your time and 
and being open to listen to the other people around you. Mm. Um, say yes. I, you have to say yes to a lot of things that you feel like saying no immediately. Mm. There's a red flag. Whenever your body reacts like immediately, you have to think it twice because sometimes it's just fear, you know? And you're preventing yourself from experiencing something amazing in your life. So mm. we have to say more yes in life. <laughs> That's true. I've heard that before. I, I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but I have heard that. Say yes to things you want to say no to. Of course, within reason, we're talking about healthy things and, you know, like say no to crack, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, don't be destructive, people, please. Listening to, listeners, no, yeah, drugs are bad for you. Uh, that's the thing too I learned during this quarantine is to balance the amount of liquor I used to drink way more now I don't drink and I mm. cook more clean food I'm not vegan uh -huh. but I like to eat a lot of plant-based uh, food during the week you know I um, it's all about self-care right it involves everything Zumba um, um, hygiene mental health Right, rest and, and rest, family, sleep. friends, talking, whatever you, self-time, you know. I gained a lot of weight. I, I was a little destructive on myself. But, um, you know, I got vertigo during this time. And, um, you know, I'm, I mentioned before, I've struggled with depression in my life. And um, I am, I can, I, I, I'm very hard on myself. You know, I am really, really hard on myself. I'm very, very cruel to myself in here, you know? And um, um, one of the things I do to sometimes punish myself is with food. <laughs> you, know, you know, I, 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 you know, so I couldn't work out because I was dizzy and I was spinning and that made me angry. And then I ate and then I was angry because I ate. Uh -huh. And I ate more and then I was angry because then I started getting fatter and that made me angrier and I ate more and I'm like, let me see how much destruction I can do. And I go into this self-destructive mindset and uh, I, I don't know what happened. I, I, I just, you know, um, I, I went to put on some work pants and they wouldn't button up. And I said, holy crap. And I stepped on the scale and I was like 235 pounds. I'm so close to where I started this journey. And that day I said, this, this stops, you know? And I put out a request online if anybody had weights for me to buy. Um, and, you know, I've started to, you know, once the gym opened, I was back on, you know, I was yeah. back. I, I needed the gym, <laughs> you know, I needed. It's, it's, it's like we said, it's okay to go through your feelings, to feel for a certain period of time a little blue, a little sad, but you, we have to find tools to pick ourselves up and get out of that hole, okay. that mental hole. And, and I'm, I'm very proud of you for saying that and also for um, saying openly about your struggles. Um, that helps me a lot too. I actually, I used to have like eating disorders when I was a stripper or model, like you still uh -huh. see on my Instagram some photos when I was, I used to be a model. And you, I used, my, my, my struggle was the opposite. I used to stop eating completely and go uh -huh. days without eating. 
and because wow. I to punish myself because I had something really greasy or fatty that day and then you binge it and then you feel very bad about yourself and then you say oh i will never eat it again and i will never eat it again for days um so it, wow. eating disorders can be so unique it varies from person to person that people think oh it's just binging no sometimes the opposite you don't want to eat at all and then you become anorexic and it's and body dysmorphia it's a a thing nowadays because everybody uses filters, you know. So right. you have to understand and be very compassionate to yourself first. And and I think you're very compassionate to yourself. You you respect the journey and you are very aware. So um and I re and I want to thank you. That's very um brave to say openly. Um but you're doing the good work. You're doing the work. So kudos to you. <laughs> Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's crazy how we don't know these things about people, right? We we talk to people, we see them, and you know, we just don't know. Everybody has a different different things they they cope with, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's 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 wild, man. The way everybody has a story, you know. You know, like I didn't know that about you. I didn't know you had the, you know, the the eating, you know, the dysmorphia thing. I can understand, especially as fitness people. I used to have a six pack. And even when I had a six pack, I always felt fat. Yeah, me too. Even then, I, 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 I'm still on a diet right now. I'm not, I'm not having the carbs at night, but it's more balanced. It's a healthier diet. But I used to right. go to extremes, you know. And I, and back when I was like in my twenties, I used to cut myself because I was oh. so angry because I had no discipline. It's very hard to build up that discipline, right? So I had extremes and destructive right. uh, habits because I couldn't have like a balanced diet. I would go to extremes. So I would have so results. Black or white? Yeah, I would have Where's results. Where's the gray? Like totally chaotic and, um, and nothing in life is black and white. Like, again, full circle. We're talking about gender. We talk about <laughs> feminism. We talk everything is a spectrum. There's no black and white in life. It's forget about it's, it. And it's not sustainable. The the things I used to do when I was 20 to get the six pack and stuff, it wasn't sustainable, as is evidenced by where I'm at today. You know, and you know, even <laughs> even with a lot of people are in denial where they are in life in the present moment. I have a, a, a Zumi student, she's 78 years old. Mm. Like, she wants to dance like me. Yeah. Like, you'll never dance like me. I'm 34. You have to dance as a 70-year-old woman because, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. You have to understand that's who you are. And it's beautiful. Right. It's beautiful acknowledging where you are, your limitations, your, because there's no one in the world like you. You're unique, you know? So, um, yeah, and you are in a, you are a married man now, and, and you have a life, a, a, a lifestyle that is different from when you had that body, because that body was a, a reflection a ref, uh, of who you were that day. You are not that person anymore. We all change. Yeah. But coming to grips with that is hard, and not being able, you know, like I can understand that seventy-eight-year-old woman because. I, I'm 43, 
but in my mind, my mind still wants to train the way I trained when I was 21. You know, I want to throw up 400 pounds like I did when I was 21 and my torn shoulders like, yeah, Angel, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and, and it's hard to come to grips with that. I, you know, yeah, we totally did it backwards, dude. It's been a pleasure. This was a lot of fun. You know, I enjoyed it a lot. Christine enjoyed it. What she could hear before she got some calls. Well, it was a good time, brother. You know, we'll do this again, man. And I'll, I'll hopefully see you Sundays. Um, yes. Um, I also teach a class in the park, Forest Park, the entrance by the Kew Gardens. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's actually quite easy. But again, hit me up on social media. My name is Danilo, D-A-N-I-L-O. Silva, S-I-L-V-A. I do Zumbas, just Danilo Zumba NYC. I will pop up. I will pop up. And, and if you can't find them, message me. Message me and I'll connect you. One of the one of the coolest uh, Zumba instructors in New York, for sure. Oh, for sure. You. Thank you. You're kind. Thank you so much for having me. And I will always say yes, because I, I love <laughs> my friend. Awesome. <laughs> All right, man. Have a safe trip. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chris. Bye. <laughs> Take care. You are listening to the NYC Talking Podcast. www.nyctalking.com Please like NYC Talking on Facebook. Please follow Angel R. Talk on Twitter and Instagram. We are NYC Talking, the realest lifestyle blog ever. Thanks for listening.